It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hi, this is David Boyd, director of photography on Bloodsport, director of Kickboxer. Hi, my name is Frank. Some of you might recognize my name from the movie Bloodsport. John Claude Van Damme portrays me in the movie. Hello, everyone. This is Eddie Reyes Sr., the star in Surf Ninja. And I played the character as Atch. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ernie Reyes Jr. from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Calabunga Dude. Hello, this is Dennis Chan. Yen from This is Sarah McMahon, UFC Women's Fighter. This is Mohamed Kisi, alias in the movie Kickboxer with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Hi, this is Tony Luke Jr., a.k.a. Joey the Nail Nardone. Hi, I'm Don the Dragon Wilson, also known as Jake Ray from Bloodfist. Hello, this is Haskell Von Anderson III. I was Winston Taylor in the movie Kickboxer. You're listening to Justin Ray Harvey. Justin Ray Harvey's life is a different culture. It's a different world. You better come to terms with that. Or you won't last a heart, a heart, a heart, a heart. Hi, this is Christina Lee. I played Kyle in the movie Child's Play 2. And you're listening to Justin Harvey on The Justin Harvey Show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special weekend edition of The Justin Harvey Show. I have a very special guest today. If you are a... Chucky fan, you are going to love today's broadcast. Today from Child's Play 2, I have none other than Christine Ellis, Kyle from the show. Welcome to welcome to my show, dear. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, how are you doing this morning? I'm well. I'm good. Awesome. Awesome. So, so... To, to get things started, um, uh, I understand that you have you have a book, but unfortunately, since I have been babysitting all week, I've not had a chance to read your book yet. Um, so could you tell my audience about your book? Yes. <clears throat> I just published a novel called Bathing and the Single Girl. It's my first novel, and it is... Uh, comedy. It's a, it's a hilarious, it's meant to be just funny. It's a funny, dirty book. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of a bit raunchy, uh, but dirty not in the sense of erotica like Fifty Shades of Grey, dirty, but more like mm-hmm. embarrassing, awkward sex stories. And while there's a great deal of foul language and some R-rated conversations, it's never for, uh, it's never titillating. It's always just awkward and embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I like to say it's as if uh, Fifty Shades of Grey had been written by Larry David, and Larry David is the Curb Your Enthusiasm guy, where he's just cranky and always gets himself in situations that are uncomfortable and awkward, and it's sort of that kind of comedy. Oh, well. So, so, so what gave you the idea to actually um, write this book? A couple of years ago, my screenwriting partner and I were attending these local theater productions called Four Stories and a Cover, at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater here in Hollywood. And what they 
what they comp- were comprised of were four real-life essays written and then read by the person who um, had written them, and then somebody did a funny cover of a song. Mm-hmm. And they were great. The stories were really great, the you know, 2,000-word essays. And we challenged each other to do it, and uh, she didn't ever do it, but I did, and I wrote, uh, I wrote, you know, my my essay, and they accepted it, and I read it for them. And on the day that I had to read it, they were like, "Give us a name. What do, what do we? How do we put it in the program? What do you want to call it?" And I was like, uh, "Oh, call it Bathing in the Single Girl." And they did, and it went really well. And the audience laughed, and someone said, "Hey, you know, you really should have recorded that because you could prove to your agent that you're funny and might open up some comedy opportunities for you as an actress." And so I did it again and recorded it, and I posted that recording on Facebook. And then a friend of mine who's a uh, cinematographer saw it and said, that's really funny, but it's a really ugly bit of footage. You should mm-hmm. do a short film of that and make it look prettier because it's so funny. It's worth it. it's worth the effort. So I did that, too, and I made a 10-minute short film, which you can see for free on, the, on my website on mm-hmm. bathingbook.com. Uh, if you go to the, the film or the movie, it says you can go and you can watch the actual short film. I did a hundred film festivals with that film. I did really, really well on the film festival circuit. And then somebody saw it and said, "You know what? This is so funny. If you've got more funny stories, or if you can create some funny stories, it would make a really great novel." So I did mm-hmm. that, and here we are. Oh wow! So anything, anything in this world or any situation can really inspire you, folks. I mean, anything. yeah. Apparently, I'm really prone to suggestion. Apparently, all you got to do is suggest that I do something. So I'm waiting for someone to suggest that I turn it into an HBO television series <laughs> so that I can get that underway. Uh, and I I recently um, finished watching Charm, and you were on there on an episode of Charmed as well. I did. I did a little episode of that. It's funny. It's sort of too subtle, I think, for the viewers to notice. It was called uh, Witches. It was the the women. We were, it was a little play they were doing on Desperate Housewives. It was called Desperate House Witches. Was the episode I think, mm-hmm. and uh, there were four guest stars. Each of us were supposed to represent a different character from um, Desperate Housewives, and um, and I was the woman who's married to to Bill Macy. What's that actress's name? The blonde from Desperate Housewives. If we know her name, uh, I'll look it up real quick. I should know her name. She's a great actress. I'm embarrassed. I don't know it offhand. Um, I'll give it to you in a second now. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, Felicity Hoffman. I played the Felicity Hoffman character on Charmed, but it's very subtle. I think if you're not, you're not really like a super Charmed fan, you probably don't know that bit of trivia, but that's what they were doing. Oh, well. And I wanted to tell you, Christine, that, uh, when I told my mother, uh, a day ago that I was going to be interviewing you because we have seen all the child's play. Uh, films, and uh, my mom knocked on my door last night, and she came in, and she said, she said, oh my gosh, I said, I said, what is it? She said, do you not realize what she's been on? And I'm like, what? And she's like, she was, she was on ER, and that was like one of my mom's favorite shows was ER. Yeah, it was a great show. So, uh, Tell us how you ended up on ER, because you were on several episodes of that. Yeah, I did a whole season of ER. I got ER because uh, a couple of things that happened in my favor. One, a good, a, good, a great many of the people um, in the writing and production end of that show were um, also involved with China Beach, um, mm-hmm. a great television show from the late 80s about Vietnam. And... Um, 
and I did uh, four or five episodes of China Beach in, the, in their last season, so these people knew me. And um, and I was told they were going to add a love interest for the Noah Wiley character on that show before it happened, but I didn't know what their idea for the character was. Um, I didn't get the audition until the very last day. I was one of the last actors that auditioned for it. And apparently their prototype was um, Helen Hunt from Mad About You was the prototype for the character, but I didn't know that. Um, and I got the appointment at like 10 o'clock in the morning and had to go in at noon. And uh, I just went in as myself. And at the time, I had sort of sloppy blonde hair with a bunch of dark roots. And I went in with red lipstick and my, my you know, engineer boots that I sort of wear as a security blanket mm-hmm. and oversized chinos. And we sort of went in as a tomboy version of myself. And, uh, and they liked it. And they were like, okay, can you come back later and read again with Noah? which mm-hmm. I did, and then I got the job. It was a Monday night at 7 o'clock. I got the job, and I worked Tuesday morning at 7 o'clock. So I, within 12 hours of auditioning, I was on the set. Oh, wow. And they changed the character from being the Hel- Helen Hunt type to being a Christina Lee type. So for the next year, I had to put on red lipstick and have my roots. Whenever I had my roots touched up, I'd go to work, and they'd blacken them back in with mascara. And, and so, yeah, mm-hmm. so it was kind of, a I think, a fortuitous for me that I didn't know what they were looking for because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reinvented the character bit for me. And uh, you also worked on uh, you also worked on uh, Law and Order spe- uh, Special Victims Unit. What was the cast like? Did they make you feel welcome when you worked on there? Or? They did. That's a great cast of old veterans. You know, like everybody's been at it for a long time. Um, I, they're all living in New York for a long time too. New York. New York gets a bad rap. New York is supposed to, you know, people depict New Yorkers as brash and rude and unfriendly, when in fact they're really, really friendly. Mm-hmm. They're the and um, and I think it's just becomes it's be, if you're going to live in New York, you have to be okay. Like people are always touching you, like you're on a train or you're at a corner waiting for the light to change, whatever. And it's so congested that people are literally touching your body that you, every day that you don't know, and it could it sort of. And you meet all kinds of people all the time, so it broadens your perspective on, you know, on the world and and makes people comfortable with more things than people who live a more isolated existence might, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, have. And so, and if you're an actor for that long, you're a New York actor, you know, New York, it chews you up and spits you out if you don't fit in, you know, and so you learn... And so that show was great. Everybody, I, I was, Mariska Haggerty and I were acquainted from just being in L.A. and auditioning for the same things for years. And and they were great. And they, my parents live in Boston. They came down to hang out in the set, and they let them be there, and they were friendly, and it was great. It was a great experience. And, and actually, I got that job because one of the writer-producers on SVU was one of the guys on ER. And so I got that job because I did ER, and I got ER because I did China Beach. So... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a, a there's a sort of a fallacy that people like about it's all who you know and how you get jobs is who you know and there's a there's a little bit of that that goes on but it's less what people think it's less like I met that guy at a bar and now he's going to give me a job that doesn't happen very often but it does happen that you work with somebody and it goes well and they have faith in you and your talent or your ability to deliver or your professionalism or whatever and mm-hmm. that sort of thing can 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 sort of domino effect jobs and so yeah I got SC, SC, you because of ER. Oh wow, that that's amazing because I'm ac- I'm actually watching uh, Law and Order Special Victims Unit on 
uh, Netflix right now, and I'm like, I'm like hooked. That's what I do at the, at the end yeah. of my days is watch that. And so great um, show. Oh, absolutely. And uh, before before we jump into the whole child's play thing and, and Chucky, I um I wanted to tell you like, well, I found it funny to be a funny story. Like a mutual friend of ours who I uh, who I met on Facebook. I was talking with her one night, and I told her that I had been searching for you for like two years. So she said that, and I don't know how you—I don't know where you were looking because I'm really, really public and really, really easy to get in touch with. My Facebook page is public. I, anybody that requests a friendship, I accept it. And I have a ton of other my, my book site. I have um, actor sites. I'm on IMDb, and, and all of those sites have contact information. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the future, anybody out there that wants to contact me, just just Google me and, I, and they come up. So I'm glad you finally got me. I can't believe it's through somebody I went to high school with when uh, her name is McCarthy too. My last name, my real last name is McCarthy, and it was through Diane McCarthy, right? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, and she's she's a really sweet lady because you know I told her of my show and then I was looking for you and she's like, I know her and I'm like, really, you know her? <laughs> so. Yeah, she does. So it's 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 a small world, you know. When it comes to networking, it's 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 a very small world. So, of course, yeah. So, but uh, let's go ahead and uh, jump into Chucky here. Uh, how did you like? How did you end up with that role in in the sequel? Uh, I auditioned for it the way you know the way anybody would. I had an agent, and I was you know. And I got the audition, and I actually went in, um, and they didn't like what I did, actually. I didn't do a good job in the first audition. I didn't get it right away, they were, and they kept looking for somebody else. And when they didn't find what they wanted, they came back to, like, well, who are the people that were almost, you know, the near misses from the first round of auditions? And I guess I was one of them. And I went back in, and I kind of, I think, I think a little bit of why it went well for me was I was, at the time, I was doing an episode. I had just done an episode of 21 Jump Street, and I was at the time working on the old, old version of Baywatch. There was a version of Baywatch that was on network TV that before the Pam Anderson editions and that stuff happened, there was an earlier version of Baywatch. And I was doing it. I was actively doing the show. And so I had to, like, do the audition and then fast and then run to go work on the set of Baywatch. And I think and I think a lot of actors will tell you this. You have a different you, – when you're working, when you're already working mm-hmm. and you have a job and you feel, you have a different – Headspace, and I think I went in a little bit more confident the second time because mm-hmm. I had been working and I was, you know, and I was in a hurry and I, I didn't have that sort of stink of desperation about me, which, you know, I had. We all have it here and there. Jobs are exciting, and the higher the stakes are for a job, the more likely you are to go in <laughs> and have a little bit of a, a desperate air about you. Um, but I didn't. I think I was. I think I was cockier because I was working and I was busy and I had to be somewhere. And that cockiness worked for the character. Oh, a- a- absolutely. And I think they responded to that. So it was just luck. It was luck that I was busy and luck that I ha- actually had somewhere to be. I was like, I don't have time for this. I have to go, you know. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. that, that, I think that's what sort of gave me the edge over other girls that read. Now, now if you can remember that far back, did, did any of your parts get cut that you would have wished that would have made the film? That's an actually interesting question, and I can't say that there were any. I feel like everything I did is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. I can't speak for everybody else, you know, but I think that everything I did was in there. I mean, it was, you know, my character, yeah, I don't think anything was cut, really. Nothing significant. Maybe a line here or there, but there aren't any scenes. If they put out some, you know, you know, 25-year anniversary of the the movie and they put out cut-out scenes, I don't think there really are any that involve me. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what was the most challenging part of doing doing the film? Do you think I can tell you very easily what that was? It was the fact that Alex was seven years old at the time, and he was subject to child labor labor laws. So he had to work, you know, four hours or six hours a day, whatever they were allowed him to work. And then he had to have tutoring, etc. Um, also on set. So his his work hour his work day was short. I mean, the baby, so it should be. Um, and Chucky at the time took, I think, seven or nine, I forget, I think it was seven puppeteers to run. And each of those puppeteers was a SAG, a Screen Actors Guild, which is the actors' union. Each of them was an, a union actor, uh, working as a puppeteer. And I, and so Chucky took, was seven times as expensive as I was, because I was just one actor, and Chucky took seven actors to make him work. So they would use, they didn't want those seven guys on the clock for long hours, so they would shoot all of Alex's stuff first because he was a baby and had to go home. And then they would shoot all Chucky's stuff because Chucky was expensive, and then Chucky would go home. And then anytime you see me on camera, if you don't see Chucky or Andy uh, in the frame with me, they mm-hmm. probably weren't on the set at all. So what I was having to do was I'd take these C-stands, which are the metal stands. They put lights and stuff on. They call them C-stands. They would put, like, C-stands all around, like, this red X on this C-stand, that represents Chucky. And this blue X over here on this C-stand, that represents Alex. And so they would, and, and then the script supervisor would just read Chucky's dialogue and Andy's dialogue, and I would have to do all of my acting to nothing, to a voice coming from behind me, you know, because that's where, you know, or some other, a voice coming from a direction other than where I'm supposed to be looking. And then I'm trying to react to Chucky, who's supposed to be terribly scary, and react to at, you know, Alex is supposed to be vulnerable and sweet, and, and mm-hmm. there's nothing there but metal stands. And it was one of my earlier jobs, too. I wasn't particularly savvy. I wasn't particularly experienced. And uh, and so I, it was acting in the truest sense. I was acting completely in a vacuum for a lot of it. Wow. Um, fortunately, fortunately, I couldn't have been more excited to have the job. Uh, and nothing nothing threw me. I was so I – would, I went into that job with such – unbridled enthusiasm that nothing could have made me feel. I mean, I would go to work on days I wasn't scheduled to work. I'd just go in because I could and I wanted to be hanging around it, you know. I was really excited, so. And I actually I actually hear that the voice of Chucky, I actually hear that he's a nice guy and he's actually, he's actually from Huntington, West Virginia, which is uh, a couple hours from my home, actually. Really? I didn't know he was in West Virginia. I only met him the first, the one, I met him one time, um, when I, what they did was they had us read our scenes, my scenes with Chucky and him doing the Chucky voice stuff. Um, yeah, he's from Huntington, West Virginia, you're right. Um, I was already a huge fan of his, I was completely starstruck by him from when Blew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and other jobs of his from, you know, that predated, uh, Jazz Play 2, Exorcist 3, and, uh, what was that? did a great movie. Uh, I'm going to lose it now. Um, at any rate, it's a long career that I had that ragtime. Wise Blood, a movie called Wise Blood that I'm a big fan of. And so, mm-hmm. anyway, he's a tremendous character. I was completely starstruck. And so, I, but he was going to record all of the Chucky dialogue. 
before we began shooting, so he wanted to hear how I was going to deliver my dialogue so he would be able to accurately or effectively record Chucky's dialogue that would make sense with what I was doing. So mm-hmm. I got to meet him that one time. You know he's the dad of the chicks in the la- of the last Child's Play 2, uh, Child's Play 6, right? Six? Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to ask you. I was going to ask you your thoughts on the uh, on the new film, and uh, I, I thought that his daughter did a wonderful job. She did a great job. She did a great job. I have to be honest and say that um, I didn't, I haven't seen any of them between two and six. I saw one and two. I saw one, you know, because I, I love it, and then I did two. And I didn't see any of the ones in between until six. Uh, and I, because I, and I, you know, just, just, you can tell, from observing from afar, I could see that they were going in a campier direction and less true to the horror genre. And that's, uh, that interested me less. I was really glad to see they had gone back to a more traditional horror format. And, uh, and she did an amazing job. She did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And so I'm hoping, I hope they do a seventh and I hope they ask me to be there because if they do, I will be there with bells on. Oh, absolutely. And if they ever, if they ever knew who I was and contacted me and said, do Chucky, I'd be absolutely, I'd do it for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, cause like, cause like, when I was a little kid, after that film, I mean, I look back at it now and laugh, but like, uh, when I was a little kid, um, we were so scared of the film, we would not play with those types of dolls anymore when we were little kids. And, well, yeah. Well, yeah. it depends on how old you are, actually. How by little? How do you mean over over six? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like really, really young when I saw the saw the first film, and me and my brothers would not touch those dolls, but we laugh at it now because we're like, we want a Chucky doll now. You know? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I've done a couple of horror conventions, and I met a lot of uh, fans of of the whole franchise, and. Little kids, like little kids under the age of six are, are, I guess, too young to feel threatened or really get the horror components of the whole series. And mm-hmm. so they're huge Chucky fans, and they love, love, love it. And I'm like, I can't, these people's parents, these kids' parents, like, you let this kid, this four-year-old watch Chucky? Oh, yeah, she loves it. But once they hit, like, six or seven, then they start getting smart enough to, like, think about boogeyman under their bed and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. then the terror, then the, re- the, the the fear is too much. Then it becomes traumatizing, <laughs> you know. But it's yeah. funny that really, really little kids are into it. They think they still think it's funny. Oh, and so, yeah. And um, I've I've heard a rumor that uh, that your character Kyle may come back one of these days for something. Well, I hope so. They actually asked me if I would be interested in playing a different character in the last movie uh, in six, mm-hmm. which of course I said yes, yes, yes. I don't know how many more times I can say yes, <laughs> yes. And uh, But they shot it in Canada, and then Canada has certain rules about casting and how many people have to be from Canada in a movie, blah, blah, blah. So it was supposed to be the Brad Dorff's daughter, her mother, that character that dies off. I think they initially were thinking they might put me in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had to hire a Canadian actress, and, they, and she was great. The woman did a great job. So um, so that didn't happen, but it might be more, frankly, I think it would be more fun to go back as Kyle and not play a different character, but go back as Kyle, and it would be even more fun to go mm-hmm. back with Alex Vincent and go back as Kyle and Andy, I think that would be because I've seen I've seen him in the interim, and I, we're, I'm a huge fan of him as a human. He's grown up into a great guy, and mm-hmm. be really fun. So I'm hoping that I know there's a lot of you know uh, Facebook pages and stuff trying to get them to bring Kyle and Andy or Kyle and or Andy back. 
And they did kind of bring Andy back the last time. So it's, I think it's set up. They ended the sixth one, really set up to bring Andy back for the seventh one. And I think if they bring Andy back, it's only natural they'd bring me back. I hope. I'm putting it out in the universe because <laughs> I would really love to do it. I, I, Don Mancini is a friend of mine, and I would really like that whole experience was nothing but positive for me. So there's no reason. I mean, I, I wouldn't be more. I couldn't be more than. I couldn't be more pleased by the idea of going back to it. Oh, I, I, absolutely. And Christine, I've got to say that uh, you, you, you and Andy were the perfect combination. Considering that, you know, you, you might as well say that you you replaced his mother because his the girl that plays his mother wasn't in the film in the second film. Right. So, so I, I don't remember. Was, does she? Does she? No, she goes into the nut house, right? Is that what happens to her character? Yeah, and that she uh, goes to the nut house, and you, you don't see her in the film, but you you kind of get right. the feeling that you replace her. But it was it was right. a really good fit. Yeah, thank you. And if I, in another small world thing, Catherine Hicks is actually a friend of mine too, um, and the guy that created Chucky, uh, Kevin Yeager. Uh, is the brother of a good friend of mine. So uh, it's a very little, tight little incestuous world of people that uh, still, I still know everybody. I still know people. In fact, I did a convention, a horror convention uh, a year or two ago, and I sat in between Chris Sarandon, who played the cop in the first one, and mm-hmm. Alex Vincent. And so it was the three of us, Chris Sarandon, me, and then Alex Vincent did this convention together. And so I feel like I know all the players and everybody gets along, and it'd be like a, it'd be like a family reunion to get everybody back together again. Yeah, like like a like a Chucky reunion type thing. Yeah. I think I think the fans would absolutely go nuts over that. Yeah, I even know just and I actually know Jennifer Tilly as well in my oh, personal. Oh, wow. So I, I feel like I know everybody. You know, <laughs> it was really fun. Mhm. Um. So, so uh, take us through like a typical day with what you do now. Like, is is it like very very busy or is it like calmer now or Take us through, like, a typical day. Well, it's super anticlimactic. My, my my typical day involves getting up very early. I get up probably 6.30 or so, and I go and get a cup of coffee, and I buy a donut, and I bring it home, and I share the donut with my three dogs. Mm-hmm. Then I typically go to the gym, or I hike to the Hollywood sign, or I do some sort of a workout. And then I come home, and if I'm not, I, I have a food blog that I uh, call DelightfulDeliciousDelovely.com, or dddblog.com, and I um, I cook some food, and I photograph it lushly, I hope, and I post a lot of uh, sort of uh, swear-ridden recipes on my um, on my on my food blog. And I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my book to promote, and I also um, I also program for several regional film festivals, so I always have. 25 or 30 movies as homework sitting on my desk glaring at me, you know, waiting to be watched. And I have auditions here and there to do as well, so mm-hmm. got a lot going on, actually. But uh, a lot and yet not enough, you know, so... Yeah. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of cooking, if you ever get a chance, it just started Sunday on Spike TV. There's a new show called uh, Frankenfood where people take foods that wouldn't normally go together and it would actually taste good. One of my friends is um, a judge on there, so if you ever get a chance, uh, check that out. It's on Sunday nights on Spike okay. TV. 
So, and and I wanted I wanted to get your I wanted to get your uh, thoughts on something, and then I have uh, one last question for you. Okay. Um, w- would you find it interesting if Chucky and Freddy Krueger ever worked together? I've always what? wondered that. You know, it's funny because Chucky and Freddy Krueger were both created by the same guy, by Kevin Yeager. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a sort of a family element to it there. So I think kind of just for that reason, it would be fun. I, I, per, I personally, I don't like those hybrid things. I don't want to see Godzilla meets, you know, King Kong kind of those. I think they get into into um, camp too much. Uh, although, isn't there like a term? Isn't there like a Terminator versus whatever? The, not, not Terminator, but there's one of those ones that uh, that I think Schwarzenegger was involved in that was actually full blown action and didn't get campy at all. But um, I, I would hate. I I really prefer Freddy and Chucky both in, at their horror purest. Um, the first the first Freddy movie is. Well, the, the first ones of both, I think, are best. The first Chucky movie is the best, and the first, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street is the best. But I, th- but I think, because I think they were um, truest to their genre, and I, I like that. I mean, I, the fact is, the, 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 I think part of why the last Chucky movie worked so well was they put putting that character in a wheelchair um, sort of took a little bit of the why can't this person overpower a two-and-a-half-foot doll, you know, question mark. You know, mm-hmm. she was a, she was somebody at a disadvantage, and you said that it, 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 it ups the believability of her being able to be victimized by him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would be difficult to believe that, I, I mean, I, personally, I think if Freddie and Sucky were, met, were matched, Freddie's going to, Win quickly, you know, mm-hmm. and so I and I don't want to see that. I don't, you know, I don't want to see Chucky. You know, you know, I, I like the franchise. I want to see him prevail on some level. He has to, he has to be sort of, you know, he has to be some sort of a unbeatable villain for him for the movies to work. Mm-hmm. So uh, even though he gets beaten ultimately every time, he finds a way to come back. Um, so I, you know, the pairing, like I said, because it's sort of a family run, the two of them together would be cute. But I, but I. I think that I prefer they both stay pure and, mm-hmm. uh, and stay true, true, true to dark, to dark horror. Mm-hmm. You know, not get camp and silly. Okay. I don't love camp. My book is camp and silly. I, I'm not about goofiness, but uh. Mhm. Mhm. Oh, and uh, I wanted I wanted to tell you real quick too, since you mentioned uh, wheelchairs and stuff. I'm actually I've been confined to a wheelchair all my life, but I don't let it I don't let it stop me from achieving. <laughs> well, great. So. You shouldn't. My brother, my my boyfriend's brother's in a wheelchair for a long time too, and it hasn't stopped him. Um, mm-hmm. But it does. I mean, there's hurdles there. I had he's my boyfriend's brother is the first person in a wheelchair I've ever been close to, and so and there's a whole there's a whole world of other issues you guys have that I I think the average person doesn't think about. But um, so I have great respect and, and empathy for for what you're going through. It's a it's a it's definitely a challenge, and good for you for not letting it hold you back. Oh, oh, absolutely! Because you know, I think I think some people in the world have a misconception with people with disabilities. They they think that you know you don't want to go out and have a good time, or you can't do this, or you can't do that. And I've had several people tell me, "Oh, you'll never do like radio shows, and you'll never do this or do that." And I've always I've always proved them wrong. 
Good for you. Good for you. The fact is, I was told that I couldn't do what I do too for different reasons, obviously. And uh, and I those are those are great motivators. People saying you can't do it sometimes is the best motivation. Sometimes you might not do it if somebody hadn't said you couldn't. You know. So. so good oh for yeah. You. I don't. Uh, sometimes people being negative is a really great and positive thing in your life. And um, I was going to ask you. And this would be my this would be my last question. Where we can wrap this up anytime you would like. Um, obviously, you've done you've done uh, quite a bit in your acting career. It is uh, 2014. Um, what would you What would you like to accomplish for this you know new coming year and everything? Um, well, I, my book is kind of the most is my priority. My book is my proudest achievement. Writing a novel is a, is a is a whole thing, and I mean that's something I've always aspired to do. And I'm and I'm I'm a huge reader. I, I fetishize books. I collect first edition books. Books are sort of my passion. So to be, to include myself even as marginally as I can now um, as an author uh, is a proud thing for me. And tomorrow is my first reading. I'm doing a reading and a book signing in Pasadena, California tomorrow. Um, my book is really my baby right now. It's only a couple months old. It came out in the last week of January. And um, and it's 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 such an individual effort and achievement. It's something I did completely on my own in, in every way. Um, movies and TV are collaborative efforts, and those are great too. And collaboration is wonderful for a lot of reasons. Um, but so is individual effort. So, uh, the book is really my passion right now, and I and I kind of have to start to get into writing another one because it take a while to get done, you know. Um, but also. You know, filmmaking is, a, I'm an actor not because I have a passion for acting, although I've come to really enjoy it. I'm an actor because I love the movie industry films. I love movies, not television. You know, of course, I watch television. I'm not, no different than anyone else. But it's movie making and movies and the big universal logos and the MGM logos and things that just, that just mm-hmm. inspired me to try to be an actor to begin with. And uh, so I'd like to get more work as an actress, too. I, I, I think I... Um, I worked a lot in the last couple of years, which is, you know, good and bad. I was able to write a book and do other things. And But, you know, I think uh, enough time has gone by that I have different things to offer, uh, two roles, than I did last time I was sort of really right in everybody's face. I think I'm a different actress now than I was then. I'd like a chance to explore, you know, that stuff, what, that, what, what the 49-year-old version of me has to offer rather than, mm-hmm. the, you know, me playing 25. It's been, you know, I... I um. So yeah, I'd like to do a little bit of everything. I'm a, I'm a, I don't, I'm open to anything. I really am. Yeah. I'm open now, to do, you, do you like martial arts films as well? Shorts. Oh, so have you ever seen like Bloodsport and Kickboxer? And, oh and no, I'm not. A, I'm not an action uh, fan. I'm oh a, really? Or, I'm a, no, isn't that funny? I'm not. I'm a. I'm a more of a dark independent drama kind of a person. Independent, mm-hmm. smaller budget, smaller films are sort of where my team like, like Pet Cemetery uh, and stuff like that, right? Like That's, that's a horror movie, too. not horror movies. <laughs> I'm actually not a horror fan. Really? I, I'm not, that isn't to say that I don't enjoy a horror movie here and there, but I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't tend to watch all of a franchise. Like I saw the first Freddy and I don't know that I've seen any other ones. And I've seen, you know, a couple, the first couple of um, what's the, what's the uh, 
Not what's the one with uh, Jason with the mask? What are those called? Oh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth. No, Halloween. Oh, Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, um, you're you're thinking of um, Halloween was uh, the whole Michael Myers thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you were thinking of because they have the old films and then uh, Rob Zombie did did right. some remakes. Yeah. I've actually seen so. some of his and I like his remakes. I, I like his style. I think he. I really like sort of updated contemporary stylizing that he's, you know, brought to the whole, and he's truly a fan of the genre, so it's great to see mm-hmm. somebody who really is a fan take the reins, rather than somebody who just got the job, for, you know, randomly. And, um, and yeah, but I'm not, well, my favorite horror movie of all time is The Exorcist, I think. Oh, um, classic, classic film, and uh, I haven't seen it yet, but they also remade the Carrie film, um, I know, they did. Yeah. And I can't even bring myself to watch that because the first one is so perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate to see these things, you know, messed with. Um, I'm an old lady. I'm 49, right? And I, I'm a stickler. I'm kind of a purist. I like I like what I like, and I like it the way I liked it. I'm, tr- I'm turning into an old lady. Like, I'm pretty soon we own that kid's song. Get off my lawn, you kids. You know, I'm just yeah, I mean, from that. <laughs> I mean, I can't stand these remakes. If, if they're going to... If they're if they want to show these films, I think that they should just re-release them or do do something with them, you know, because it kind of takes away from the originals, you know. Nothing takes away from the original. Remaking Psycho doesn't ruin the first Psycho, you know. It doesn't take away from the original. What's it? What? Oh, actually, you may be right. Actually, in hindsight, in retrospect, I think uh, it does only in that you have a new generation of people who think that the, the Psycho with uh, Vince Vaughn in it, in it is the only psycho, mm-hmm. and so there, there is that. I suppose that people think they see if they hear the title, they think they've seen the movie, and that what they've seen was the lesser remake and not the original classic film. So I guess mm-hmm. you're right. Actually, it does take away from it in that way. Um, but for me, it wouldn't. It doesn't, I don't care how many times they remade The Exorcist, which they couldn't possibly. But if they did, for me, it wouldn't take away from the original because I the original's already already under my belt. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I'll give you an example. It's like um, my my little niece a couple months ago, she she was talking, you know, she was talking about, you know, she loves the Karate Kid film and all this other stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. she's, like, really, really young. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Unky, Unky loves that one. And then she's like, you know, Will or, or Jackie Chan and, and, and this and that. And I'm like, honey, that's not the original. When yeah. It, the original, talk to Unky, and Unky will show you the original. Yeah. So, you know, that's what gets me. These kids get confused, you know, and think that the remakes are the originals, and that kind of that kind of just rubs me the wrong way. You know, but that that's inevitable. The fact is, how old are you? I'm actually 28 years old, so. And you're a baby yourself. Uh, so good for you for having some uh, classic film uh, information, you know, uh, interest and in, and in, in watching the old stuff. But that's just this is a natural progression. I mean, all of us. I'm old enough to be your mother, literally, and, and uh, so imagine how I feel about the about the kids these days. You know, mm-hmm. that's just how it goes. Every generation looks back at the younger one and shakes their head and says, "You don't get it. <laughs> you don't get what's important. You don't get what class is or what you know." It's just that's that's life. We get cycled out, and that's okay. 
Mm-hmm. It's okay because you know there's a lot of new things that we all love that wouldn't have happened if somebody wasn't you know spending more time thinking about the future and less time on what's already happened. So that's his life. Oh, oh absolutely. I mean, you know, and eventually I don't know how I'm going to do this, but eventually I actually want to try. Uh, I want to try acting because I think it would be a, a good challenge for me as well. And Challenge for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hard yeah. one. <laughs> and, and I could honestly say I, I think I could bring a lot to the table. So, you know. Of course you could. I mean, have you taken any acting classes? Actually, no, I haven't because we don't have any around here in West Virginia at the moment. But um, I'm I'm going to I'm going to try when they uh, I think they're going to reopen the place. I think. So. No, you should. You should. Because, I mean, I think it would be fun, you know. Yeah. My boyfriend and his brother, uh, who is wheelchair-bound, he's a writer-director. He's out there doing it. He's hustling and raising money and writing and directing, and Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to act. It's a different different world. But uh, the fact is, uh, there's opportunities for you. And, And, like... And even, like I said to you earlier about when I read for uh, ER, and it's actually true with 90210 as well, that the character had been, mm-hmm. their vision of what the character should be was very different from the me that they ended up casting. And I think that's true for people in your position. Like, there's characters that may not be written as wheelchair-bound, but if you get in and read, you have you have a whole different set of life experiences to bring to the table, and there's, there's, there's no reason they can't change a character who wasn't conceived as wheelchair-bound as to being in a wheelchair. There's no reason they can't. It's a very interesting choice and a very compelling choice. So yeah, I, you shouldn't I, I, be discouraged. I, I, absolutely, because because I told my family, and, and, not, and not to take anything from uh, Chucky's daughter, but when, when I saw that film and studied it really well, I said, she did a fantastic job, but I said, I, said, I would have been a perfect fit for that film. I yeah. would have been perfect for that. Right. So, you know, to give it more of a realistic type, you know, thing and being in that situation and yeah. and having to run from a, you know, like a killer doll, that would have just, it would have just meshed really well, I think. Yeah. But like I said, I, I don't think, if you, if you do in fact go to pursue that, uh, pursue acting, don't feel like you need that the only the only opportunities are for you are the ones where they have the characters been preconceived as being in a chair. I think mm-hmm. if you get representation and you and you I think that I know I, I taught an acting class in um Portland one time and there was a man in the class who had cerebral palsy and he had motor skill issues and speech issues and mm-hmm. and I the class I taught didn't I didn't anticipate somebody with any kind of you know physical handicap uh in the class so none of the material I gave was was you know pandering to that. He had to read the same scenes everybody else did and he was he and I'm telling you he was the most compelling at, actor choice in every situation. He just brought something so much more compelling to every role. Things that he would never normally like A type personality, like ball buster, like you know, Sigourney Weaver type character. Um mm-hmm. And he brought sort of a vulnerability to it. It made the thing so much more interesting. So, so don't 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 think that all you can uh, your opportunities are bound by by somebody else already thinking chair, mm-hmm. because I'm 
you know, if you're a talented actor, you can you can really do anything, and you can make any any role that much more interesting. So just keep that in mind. Oh, absolutely, because I tell people all the time, because of my CP that I've got, I said, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm the lucky one when people have to walk in buildings. I get to drive in buildings. (laughs) 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 Well, I hope you pursue it. I hope you do pursue it because I think it's great. So, and... uh, Christine, I'm going to go ahead and uh, let you do what you have to do this afternoon and wrap up the show. But if there's anything else that you ever want to promote, I I do hope that you will come back to the show. Of course. And I just want to say in closing that if anybody who's listening is interested in anything that I do, if they go to www.bathingbook.com, my Twitter account, my Instagram account, my Facebook account, my actress account, everything's there. You can see the short film, a 10-minute short film. It's full of swears, I promise, but it's funny. And uh, it's all right there at bathingbook.com. And so you can follow me and all of my myriad uh, Internet uh, personas. <laughs> I'm out there ready to be reached. Oh, oh absolutely. And if, if people and if people can't remember and... Um Want uh, Christine's links? You can always ask me, and I can I can direct you to her pages because we're friends on Facebook, and I'm following her on Twitter. So, yay! <laughs> so you've got backup now, Christine. So. Excellent, excellent. Thank you. So thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It's great talking to you. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.